The road to consciousness. We will figure out the biggest mystery in human history. That's how can we have a consciousness that's a stream of experience in our heads, our minds, and not know how from the physical brain it works. We use it basically live all of our lives and observe everything and learn everything we know about the universe yet we don't know how it works we're going to do it by a method of looking across multiple disciplines putting some things in the knowledge bucket which is justified true belief from the epistemological sense enough data enough evidence we know that we can say it's truth and then making assumptions. We have to make some assumptions where there's either, mo- either multiple competing pieces of evidence or not enough data, but we're going to make a leap of faith. Otherwise, we'll go around in circles. And when you talk about consciousness, mind, body, self, all these problems in philosophy, you end up going around in circles. Today, I was thinking about alternate theories. I don't think we've done enough to talk about them. There are some some theories out there that are are great theories and I have respect for anybody who's thinking about this and coming up with a theory. So I do apologize if I don't do them justice or my opinions don't line up with the people who are either advocating them or who came up with those theories. This is just my thoughts and my opinion. So I apologize in advance. Let's start with some of them off the top of my head. there's a pun there. There is a virtual headset theory that I've heard. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, I believe, who has been advocating for this. The premise, I'm assuming a lot of premises here, by the way. I wish I knew more about these theories. But the premise is that we have essentially a user interface. And that's our consciousness. And just like we use the computer and underlyingly, you know, there's electrical circuits and gates and all of that circuitry that makes it work that's underlying to the virtual headset of life and our brains is that computer now i'm actually not a hundred percent sure what it's telling us yes our consciousness does stitch together our reality i guess it's moving towards that there is what we see is not what we're getting and we are double-clicking icons and we are moving things around as a user interface where there is so much more under the hood that's driving reality. I would agree in that sense, but I'm not sure what the virtual headset gives us that we don't already suspect. (laughs) We know our consciousness does that. Introducing things into theories that open the door for more questions, make it much more difficult. Like, how did this virtual headset come about? What is it? Did someone design it? And we could ask the same questions to consciousness, I guess, but I'm just not sure what it's adding here. Now, I'm sure there's more to it that meets the eye and maybe it's trying to determine what that complexity factor is like what is that interface and and how are we essentially utilizing the apis to our brains but that is the hard problem of consciousness we don't understand how the physical workings and i don't like the analogy to making it like a computer because i think the computer is something we've conceptualized and when they were designing the computer they actually started by trying to design i guess the computer that mimics us and our brains or vice versa and had to go the other way (laughs) a computer is a computer it's a processing machine what we have in our heads is very different it is a biological system 
it's not a, just a processing machine. It conceptualizes, it adds context. We can do things that it's not just about raw processing power. And that, I suspect, is the trickiness here. Anyhow, that's one of the theories. The other, the other ways of looking at this or have been looked about at this is, you know, evil demons going back to Descartes. It could be that somebody is pulling our strings, that evil demons are planting all of these reality in our head and our thoughts uh, or, the, or, the, or the brain in the vat, I believe it's called, which came a little later, the Matrix style, that we are plugged into some sort of machine somewhere and people are just, or somebody, it doesn't even have to be people, are essentially giving us our experience of life through some kind of, you know, we're plugged in somewhere basically. And that's a pretty out there theory. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, but I would also assume that that's not accurate. What about consciousness being everywhere in the universe? I don't know if that's a, it's, it's, it's a theory that consciousness and panpsychism says that everything has a level of consciousness. But you could narrow it down to a lot of these days, especially Eastern philosophy, that there is a unified consciousness that is a physical reality in the universe. And they've they've jumped on board um, quantum field theory, which came from the quantum mechanics and all of that. It's one of the most successful theories, but it does put uh, a field out there, essentially through all of space. There is quantum electrodynamics, which is the electromagnetic field. There's quantum chromodynamics, which is the strong nuclear force field. Um, so all of the forces are essentially have fields and particles are basically dragging through that field uh, and that's how they get through them their mass but essentially there is a unified field that quantum field theory tells us there is and it's true in the sense of from a f physics point of view it is knowledge we have tests we run tests all the time um, and it's successful and quantum mechanics is also you know the most successful theory so Particle physics, quantum field theory, all of that. Yes, there is some unification at a physical level, but layering on top consciousness and saying that the consciousness is unified field, I'm going to assume that that's not true. Either. I do believe our consciousness has a certain radius in terms of the energy, but it's very small to us. I don't want to make the leap and I'm making the assumption that we are not unified or connected in that way and that's going to break a lot of hearts <laughs> but we need to make assumptions Carl Carl Young was a little bit um misinterpreted in my opinion now Carl Young is interesting because he was Sigmund Freud's student now Sigmund Freud is a father of psychoanalysis and he created the idea of the id and the ego and the superego essentially different parts of our brain slash consciousness that compete with each other and you you've probably heard, i mean he introduced a technique of going back and analyzing how the developmental stage of your childhood affected how the id ego and the superego came about and there are underlying drivers uh that essentially govern a lot of that behaviors that we have today i subscribe to that part of the model in terms of psychology i do also and i've gone through this myself in terms of i did my own psychoanalysis and absolutely i can attribute what happened as a child to my patterns of behaviors now 
Um, but, you know, he took it to another level of we have uh, Freudian instincts uh, and we're not going to get into that. I don't subscribe to that part of it. Anyhow, Carl Jung uh, was his student and he took the, that personal experience to the next level and created a collective experience. I'm not overly sure that he was advocating a unified field of consciousness. <laughs> he believed that us humans are inherently born with a sense of being human that is collective. We know how to be human inherently when, since we were born or, or it's something that's just ingrained in us and that is our collective experience. Us humans collectively experience the world the same. And I, I like this because we are genetically so similar that when we are born, we do have some inherent understanding of what it is to be human now this is a hot topic of debate of whether and this goes back to the empiricists where are we starting with a blank slate in life and everything we learn is through experience or is there some absolute or rational truth that is ingrained in us i'm going to say that i like Carl young's approach here that there is a collective ingrained absolute truth that comes about from our DNA. That is really the software that programs our life. And that neuroplasticity combined with our DNA and our gene expression early on absolutely governs how we develop, how we start to experience the world. So I'm actually putting a lot of hand in hand here. Like, yes, we start with a fairly neuronic, is that even a word? Neurons as a blank slate and 100 billion of them. How they bind is what gives us how we develop as people and humans. But there is also something in our DNA that inherently is already there. And those gene expressions that we have in terms of the physical way that we see reality is there to start with. And so where are we going? So anyway, I'm making the assumption that the collective consciousness here and as much as I like panpsychism, that everything is conscious, I do agree that everything at different stages, because there are stages of consciousness we've introduced, every living organism at some stage of consciousness, nothing like we have now, I'm not saying a multi-cell organism has some level, and yes, I'm making the assumption that biological systems are the ones that are inherently conscious, but a, a single cell or even a multi-cell organism doesn't have consciousness like we do. There is a, a sensation, perception, experience, and consciousness layers. They are all the way at the start. We are all the way at the end. So I'm, I'm assuming that the collective consciousness is not true. I like theories that seem the simplest. And the simplest theory to go with here is evolutionary consciousness. We are seeing an evolutionary trail and a time factor of 13.8 billion years ago big bang started four billion years ago the earth formed and the solar system 3.8 billion years ago life started on this planet since then for the first three billion years it was single cell organisms then multi-cell organisms then there are multiple stages that formed obviously in terms of that multi-cell that started working together they created organs and they created the first i don't know reptiles and then the mammals and then humans and the next stage of the brain development became the consciousness as we know it as i said if you if you slide back time through evolution 
you will probably see multiple stages of consciousness going from experience to perception to sensation all the way back to the start and we have pretty solid evidence through darwinian's theory and archaeology and anthropology looking back at the beginning of humans and and when we diverged from our earliest ancestors which i believe was seven million years ago it certainly looks that way and things that look a certain way are probably how they are i'm trying to keep it simple we've talked about the other theories of consciousness like global workspace theory and integrated information theory or information integrated i always do that but i don't think there is out there as some of the other ones um that consciousness is everywhere that every atom has consciousness panpsychism or every particle uh that it's a virtual headset that you know there's an evil people don't even have to be evil driving our uh, consciousness um yeah i'm gonna go and assume the simplest explanation is that we evolved to have consciousness we don't know what it is we don't know how it works i guess it opens the question to will we ever figure it out that's a tough one yes we will will it will i guess the bigger question is will we figure out it's a step function from the physical system of the brain i'm going to have to go with yes as well but then what is it is it a different extra particle that we need to add to particle physics is it some other step function from particle physics do we need more theories of the rational self now I want to touch upon what we've touched upon before because I think it's very interesting at this stage. How much is in the imperious experience of life and how much rationally is objective universe? Another way to ask the question, how much of the universe do we see is actually what it is versus how much is actually there? There are, there are things that physics tells us and science tells us that's really important here. I think thermodynamics energy energy is the fundamental currency of the universe energy cannot be created or destroyed as for the second law of thermodynamics and the first law says uh sorry the second law is entropy always increases first law energy cannot be created or destroyed but entropy is also configuration states or disorder or the flow of useful energy it all comes down to energy in some way the fact that it can never be created or destroyed and the conservation of energy law is a remarkable and phenomenal thing to think about imagine all the energy and we don't know what energy is exactly it is a similar problem to consciousness where we understand how it behaves but we don't know what it is and quantum mechanics puts a whole different spin on reality and the world and the rational reality and what objectively is out there i'm trying to tie all this together to basically say what we see is definitely not what we're getting it's not a virtual headset specifically but we our brains experience life at a macro world and ability to give us the experience at our level of the world at a macro level and what is happening underneath is nothing that we can conceive we can't even begin to conceive what the 
energy is this currency of the universe and then how it translates to even the next step function up of let's say quantum mechanics where small and tiny particles are in multiple places at once there's a wave particle duality they're entangled and in fact these days i'm hearing a lot about how entanglement is driving essentially the world and there's a decoherence factor of our observing essentially brings us to the macro world what i'm trying to get at is rationally and objectively I'm not sure we quite can even grasp what is happening and what the universe is about. Mainly because our consciousness are not designed to do that. If we were designed to do that, we'd be able to see the quantum world. We'd be able to, I don't know, we'd be able to maybe experience and feel raw energy. But we can't. We can only experience energy at a certain scale. And even with special relativity, we can't move fast enough to be able to manipulate reality to have a different experience. So I think we're kind of stuck here. And this is probably why we haven't figured it out. I'm not sure I've answered any of the questions that I posed. The assumptions that we're making is that there is a rational objective reality. That is not all in our heads, idealism. But it's something that we can't even begin to fathom. We, we don't, I don't even know if we have expressions in language or our ideas in our head that can really at the moment. And there's no experiments we can do, unfortunately, to validate any of this. The best experiments we have with quantum mechanics, we, as we observe it or as any macro environment interacts with the micro world, De- decoherence happens and we will never be able to see what's actually under the hood. This is a famous... Uh, debate between Niels Bohr and Albert Einstein when Niels Bohr was saying hey that's just how it is is an imperious view of quantum mechanics and the best we can do is know and apply our measurements and that's it and Einstein was very uncomfortable with this because he felt that we had to extend the theory to understand underlyingly how it's actually doing what it's doing and entanglement was entanglement was a big part of the discussion there was Experiments performed that does point to the fact, I believe by John Bell in the late 60s, that it's actually how it is. There is not a problem with our measuring devices. There is not a problem with how we see the world. We just can never, never be able to accurately run experiments that tell us exactly what's going on under the hood of quantum mechanics itself because we are the observer. So I seem to be stuck, at the moment at least, tying consciousness to our imperious view of the observer of objective reality. I don't know if that's a theory, but at least it's trying to tie it all together. I've gone way over the time normally. <laughs> I did this, this, this seems to be such a key point though. 